0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Lisa Goodpaster, author of Alienated, When Parents Won't Parent. Children raised by narcissistic parents tend to have low self-esteem, overachieving tendencies, and or self-sabotaging behaviors as adults do to the possessive, critical, and controlling nature of their parents. Pinpointing this mental disorder can be difficult as many parents may display some narcissistic qualities. However, recognizing the common things among actual narcissistic mothers and fathers is vital. Lisa Goodpaster, parental alienation survivor and childhood trauma educator, can speak on how to identify a narcissistic parent and the detrimental effects they have on their children. She's the founder of the Stephood Project a social awareness campaign addressing parental alienation and the danger of not co-parenting our kids. She's also a motivational speaker who helps families and professionals understand the complex issues that arise. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Nice to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nice to be here.
0: Well, in the intro, I think uh, probably one of the most important points that I pointed out can when I said you can talk about and identify a narcissistic parent and the detrimental effects they have on their children. This is what the book is all about. So let's start with that, identifying a narcissistic parent. How do you do that?
1: Uh, Well, from a child's perspective, it's obviously very uh, hard because you don't have the life experience. However, uh, it could feel uh, when you're a kid to a teen, an adult, it can feel like you have a very controlling and critical parent. So this type of parent will want to control the relationship with another parent. So if your parents are divorced, they're going to be very, very um, critical and controlling and they'll pass it off as, this is why I'm doing this because I love you. And we know that healthy uh, parents want healthy relationships for their kids. So that's one of the very first signs. I went, so uh,
0: all right, so I that's one of the to. first signs controlling and critical. So if you're a kid, and this is what obviously or what did happen to you, you came from that kind of family, um what were the emotions? what happened? when did you realize that your your uh, that you had a critical controlling parent and that was a little bit off? I mean because it has to spark some stuff in you that's not normal and or is uh, I'll say I'll use the word not normal uh a reaction trigger. yeah a trigger
1: yeah reactive yeah a trigger so um so for your audience i was alienated by uh from my mother and my father by my stepmom i was severely alienated by uh by my mother more than by my uh from my mother more than my father if that makes sense so my relationship with my own mother was severed because my stepmom was a uh malignant narcissist. And I say that, uh, you know, in a way not to, to freak everyone out because we know that I think it's less than 1% of our um, society is legitimately malignant narcissist. And a narcissist is, a, um, and we can go, go into that in detail, but the, um, but growing up when your little kid and your parents divorce, it was, it felt normal. Everything I thought was just, I was just a normal kid from divorce and I had a bad stepmom. The reality was, no, I had a very controlling and manipulating and critical stepmom that was so, um, mm-hmm. jealous of the relationship I had with my dad and didn't like that my dad was married before. And these, these, um, this may seem really uncomfortable for your audience. And for parents in general, because what this, um, what my stepmom did was, and it's in my book, she wrote out my whole history. She rewrote it for her benefit. So everything that was, uh, everything that was good and and loving and and kind about my my mom or my dad was was completely severed. And I grew up believing what I was told, which was that my parents didn't care. I was a bad seed, uh, typical bad stepchild. Your parents are divorced. So it's a very, uh, a, it was a very oppressive upbringing, but internally, I, internally, I knew something was wrong. I just, I didn't know. So when you grow up kind of like you're a Gen X there and kind of, we were all a little bit alienated and all of our parents You know, they only knew what they knew from their parents, and you fast forward to where we are today, and um, yeah, I grew up to prove what happened, wrote a book about it. I raised my son, who's 30. Um, I did everything completely opposite from what was, um, what I had no control over, because I hated those feelings of feeling um, lonely, uh, sad, depressed. All those things, all, like, all, all from different ages from like seven into my, until I was about 19, which is when I kind of took off and did my own thing. What was your father's
0: reaction to all of this? I mean, what was happening within uh, his relation? <laughs> yeah, with, with, was he aware? You know, I mean, assuming that he had, may have had some awareness. Uh,
1: yeah, my dad, you know, he was um, very empathetic. But most people would probably most, most moms, and I, I, would, I agree, um, and this isn't a reflection on my dad, because I, I love both my parents. If they would have known better, they would have done better. Um, I call it the ostrich parent pattern, where some parents, <clears throat> when, they get re- when they remarry, or even if they're still married to their you know child, mother, or father, when there is conflict, they don't know how to deal with it, so they put their head in the sand. They do nothing or they ignore it. And that's what I saw growing up. Was that my dad would try to like intervene. He would he would try, you know, he would say things that were uh, you know, she's just jealous, just ignore her, but that was about it. And then drop me off at school and I'm like an adult is jealous of me in my own home. I don't understand. So, do you think that he felt
0: guilty at all? That perhaps he there were some, and maybe not even aware of his own feelings in terms of feeling guilty that he was all the time. Yeah,
1: all the time. This is why it, it's so important that parents, after they go through a divorce, to not uh, rush into a relationship and to do the work uh, needed to you know to, to overcome your your last relationships because relationships are mirrors. All of our relationships are mirrors, whether it's our kids or our coaches our teachers our colleagues. And that was one of the hardest things growing up is I attached more to my dad because he was the more emotional parent. So he was really, um, you know, happy to see me. He was more, more about making me happy. He just wanted it to be happy. He didn't want to do the important part of the work, which... I know now having raised a kid, they need foundation. They need stability. Kids want, you know, kids want to be disciplined, but not all the time. They want, they want a safe space or my dad kind of just, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't grow up with a dad, so he didn't know how to be a father. He didn't want me to ever feel like I was alone. And so the way that he parented me, I think I don't think, I know, triggered my stepmom. So
0: would you say that uh, in terms of recommend or, I guess, advice or helping people, which you do, obviously, um, and we're going to talk about that, the Stephood Project, but uh, that parents who do get divorced have to be aware or I think there's a piece that they, Try to sometimes uh, not acknowledge the divorce and all the trauma that goes along with it, just generally speaking. And then and then, as you say, do the work, not try to cover it up. And we want everything to be good and happy. And, you know, those are just right. words, right? There's nothing They're really they have to be attached to something, some kind of behavior. Well, how are we going to be happy and how are we going to do this? And, right. um, yeah. And as you're describing it, obviously that didn't happen. And then he hooked up with a narcissistic, uh, woman. Yeah, Your- very, yeah, v- v-
1: very much so. Um, uh, she did everything in her power to try to, um, destroy anything that, anything that was good about me. And when you're growing up, you don't, you're a kid, you, you don't understand. So, uh, going back to, uh, you know, that, ostrich parent where they put their head in the sand, those to me are, um, those are things that my dad uh, or any parent where where they feel like, you know, they're triggered and they don't want to deal with what's going on in the moment and they would rather ignore or deny. Those are patterns of behavior that probably started in childhood and a lot of people don't want to go back there in childhood and investigate, why do, why do I act that way when my wife or, or my child and my wife aren't getting along? Why, why do I not say something like, hey, this is inappropriate. I'm not going to tolerate this behavior in front of my child. You nip it in the bud because we have a duty to protect our kids so that they can grow up whole. And when a child grows up, watching one parent uh, appear weak or appear like it's okay to be treated that way, you're teaching your child what to expect in relationships. Well, let's get back to what you said. I want to
0: get back to what you said, though, a few minutes ago, that your father didn't have a father. So you're dealing with many different kinds of parents who've had a lot of different kinds of experiences. And what does one do if your father, and I'm going to use, I don't want to use the word weak, but really isn't prepared to... For parenthood, let's say, and then he marries this kind of, and also then marries this kind of a woman, narcissistic. How do you, what do you do from a practical point of view? What would would a parent do, or what should a what would a
1: parent, what should a parent do if, can you repeat that? I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Yeah, well, I
0: think there are some parents who are really good at parenting, let's say, and there are others who are Uh not so good for a lot of different reasons. And, right. uh, we can't make the assumption that just because you've had a child, you know how to parent. Cause we know that's not true. So right. let's take, yeah. So let's get in, let's, someone's listening and they're thinking, Hmm, this seems to be, this is, was my situation or is my situation. What uh-huh. should they do as the child? What can they do? Or is there anything they can do?
1: You mean as a child or as a parent? Well, both
0: actually, I think. Yeah.
1: Well, um. You can, uh, for a parent, it's, if, if you actually have that thought, like, am I, am I an ostrich type of parent? Do I put my head down? If, if that appealed to anyone listening, that's a good thing. That's awareness. So the first thing is awareness on how we are as parents, how we are affecting, how our parenting or our not parenting will affect or is affecting our children that is the number one thing almost for everything is that internal awareness. It comes from the inside. It's this knowing like, uh, you know, like I am not a really good cook at all and I don't pretend to be. And some parents, some people will just like, no, I can do it. I'm a good cook, but not really understanding. Okay. First you got to boil water. There's, there's, There's a process. So for anyone awareness and if you're a child and or an adult child because i imagine little kids aren't listening uh you're not alone Uh, i think that this is all part of the generational uh cycles of of trauma that just continues to go from generation to generation and now we have um a lot more tools and understanding um what this what negative parenting whether it's intentional or not, has on our, on our children growing up because what goes into the mind also goes into the body. And sometimes even a parent that isn't around and that child needs uh, their mom or dad, that's traumatic when you can't uh, contact your, your mom or your dad. These things, um, these things will develop in um, behavioral uh, issues, reactive issues. Uh, A lot of kids will feel angry, and they won't understand why. It it can be complex, but it's all uh, human. We're all um, emotional creatures, and we have emotions, and a lot of times emotions uh, tend to, especially if we weren't raised to understand what emotions are and how to work with them, even as an adult, you'll still you'll find adults that will be more intellectual than uh, it's easier for them to be more way more intellectual than it is to be emotional because we like shame people for having emotions when we can't get rid of emotions it's like so if we're talking
0: about it's you're talking about awareness we have to it, it a parent has a and I'm going to use the word responsibility, maybe that's it as as a parent, no matter what our background is, we have a responsibility to be aware of what we're doing and how it's affecting our children and take a look at it and then if oh it's not, yeah, yeah. To, and if it's not working, then do something about it. I have a, another question because we use i think particularly today, we use the word the um term narcissist kind of loosely we, we, we walk around mm-hmm. you know uh, you can be at a dinner party oh he's so narcissistic he's always doing this or she's always doing that and then the word really does get thrown around a lot and that's not what we're talking about we're talking about something far very serious and, sure. and different than that mm-hmm. so can yeah so is there yeah. a way to yeah recognize the differences uh or the difference oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah so most most of the time what I find in my work is that people, they do, they throw that narcissist word around way too much. And really every single human is a little bit narcissistic. We have to be because that's how we would survive. That's the selfish, that's the selfish part of us. And that usually helps in, you know, in our teens, in, in our twenties, this type of narcissism, malignant narcissism, this is a, uh, this is very, very, uh, it's a it's a a natural there's a, a lack of uh there's a lack of internal integrity this type of narcissist uh is evil there is no uh if they want to destroy you they will do whatever they can to destroy you they make it their life mission to hurt to destroy to control it's very eerie to uh to, to know this at at the level I do, um, but it's very very serious because there is there is something very wrong when we allow uh, children near uh, their predators. Basically, what a narcissist is, a malignant narcissist is a predator. Is a
0: predator, and also, and is I can add predator. to that. I think if you not. I mean, a predator is, is a st- very strong word, but I think something else, they lack empathy. They have no empathy, yes. I think, right? There's a real, there is a lack of empathy, and they are deeply flawed and, you know, yes. and have very, very deeply low flawed. feelings, deeply fa- flawed with very low feelings of
1: self-esteem. And, and, um, yes, that, and I'll add to that, they fake empathy. They will fake empathy. They will fake liking you. They will fake loving you. They will fake everything about their persona is fake. It's a, it's a, it's got a, I can't imagine. Like, I'm grateful I survived this type of brutal upbringing and at the same time, it's very eerie to know that there are people out there around kids and families. And uh, according to research, they don't change these type of malignant narcissists. They they cannot, will not change or take accountability ever.
0: I, I think another thing, and uh, you can comment on this, uh, that malignant narcissists do in terms of their behavior is they are very <clears throat> very often talking about loyalty yeah, they use loyalty a lot in in their um, mm-hmm. yeah, being loyal to them and that's a good thing and one must be they they they're, i think that word comes up a lot and and if you're but not lo- loyalty yes if mm-hmm. you're not, if you're not uh,
1: yeah they need you they need that no, loyalty they need to know that you are believing in them because they're trying to control so they'll use loyalty they'll use friendship they'll they'll use whatever they have in their arsenal to keep their you know their just whatever you want to call it their prize their their uh, I'm thinking of a word like for well, they- me i would <laughs> guess it would be their victim their victim yeah. i know it's hard for me to even say oh, it was a victim cuz it, it when when you know how bad a narcissist is, it, it sounds almost like they're powerful, but the reality is, no, they are not in control at all. That's why they behave the way that they behave. They're conniving, manipulating, uh, So what would, what,
0: uh, given that kind of behavior and that, unfortunately, if, if that is the kind of parent that you've been exposed to, how did you, what would one do? What did you do? We're not going to. Uh, give away the yeah. whole book, but what was the jumping <laughs> off point for you where you, you realized, you became aware, I have to do something about this. Things have to change for me and that I'm the only one who obviously can do that.
1: Uh, probably around eight years old, I remember feeling just anguish, just, just just complete, just confused, angry. And I remember hearing my dad talk me about his issues with my mom and all the things that little eight year olds don't want to hear and right because we're kind of like a captive audience, and parents sometimes need someone to talk to and I remember feeling internally I am never ever going to get divorced or do this to my kids and i I was eight I didn't even have a I, I mean I thought about that before I thought about what normal eight year olds think about so Right off the bat, I had internal feelings, and I would just push them down. I uh, suppressed I stayed silent to protect my dad, because I was told if you say anything, no one's going to believe you. Uh, so basically i I think by the time I was thirteen, it basically I was scared until I got so sick of being scared that I was angry, and that anger. Was I was a very reactive, typical, alienated teenager. And if you're a parent who's been alienated, you know that type of hell. Is, it's like your typical teenager, but times 100. So my, my reactions were always disproportionate. Like if I broke a pencil, you would think that I broke my leg. So there was all these like confusing emotions and anger. And then um, I grew up and I, I got pregnant, got married, and I got the hell away. And that was the first escape. But to fast forward, um, I remembered where my stepmom kept the script that brainwashed me away from my, my mom and uh, my dad in a way, but I was more severely alienated from my mom. And I remembered it, and uh, I asked my dad to bring it to me. And it had been in her nightstand for 27 years. Mm-hmm. So, so in my book, the first chapter, is everything, it's everything that my stepmom wrote, all the lies along with the truth. And it just shows how sick and twisted and delusional um, a malignant narcissist is. can we fast forward
0: now? Can we fast forward Uh to, we'll kind of leave everybody hanging with that Uh one. (laughs) Um, yeah, what, yeah, you're the founder of the step hood project. So when did that come about? How did it come about? And what are you, and obviously what kind of work are you doing?
1: So, um, the, the step hood project is an awareness project that is bringing, um, awareness to, uh, parents who, um, don't co-parent. Because my thing was that my parents never they couldn't co-parent and had they co-parented and set more of a healthy foundation, they would have protected me from my stepmom. Cuz and so essentially that's what I did for my son was that um he had a positive relationship with me and his dad and he grew up with two step parents, his stepmom and his stepdad and um both his dad and I parented. We didn't allow, um, divorce drama to interfere with what was best for our son. Uh, so, um, that's what I did. And, um, the stephood project, again, is bringing awareness on the importance of not co-parenting and what goes on for kids in our mind and body and how that, that can, that can be very detrimental, uh, and with that, I also wrote the book, Alienated When Parents Won't Parent. And I took what was horrible that happened to me so that um, it doesn't happen for any other kids and families so they can understand. So all parents that are thinking of getting a divorce understand uh, the, the hell that your kids will go through if you guys don't co-parent, get divorced, yes. But keep your child's attachment and foundation Uh, intact and that can be done.
0: And obviously it can be done. You, you're here to tell us your story and you're doing it. Um, And obviously you've done that with your son. You said he's 30 years old. So I'm assuming that Uh if he, if he were on the show, he would be, we would be talking with him as well. And he would, I would Uh assume, validate a lot of what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. He just, uh, I was reading his Christmas card actually. And um, he. He, it's uh, very touching. He he didn't know until this didn't happen. He didn't realize I this. He didn't realize what had happened or myself until he was 24 years old. So it was really hard for him to see me kind of unravel like I did because it was kind of like a big. I call it a minus. and You find out. Wait, half half my life was all based on lies. Wait my mom really cared about me. This, this, the, the, the level of, um, evil is is pretty sick, but my son would probably say, um, I know he would say that, um, he says that he thinks about me and he, it's helped him to know how much I had to sacrifice for him. And that I, I'm the definition to him of strength. And it's when things get hard, he thinks about what I had to go through. So it helps him. It was something like that. He had said in the card and it was just very touching. And, you know, when I'm with my son, I try to keep it all about him. Uh, well, you're because the you're sucks. the good
0: mom. You're the good mom that that obviously that you didn't have for yourself. People, you know, I hate to I, cut you off, but we only have a minute left, so I want people uh-huh. to read the book and hear your whole story. And I, I've been talking to Lisa Pastor and the title of her book is "Alienated: When Parents Won't Parent." So, just give us a website or websites we can go to for more information about the book and about you and about uh, the Stepwood Project.
1: So you can find me at the stephoodproject.org, also on social media, Lisa Goodpastor, Lisa Goodpastor on Instagram, Facebook, and and TikTok, and that's where you can find me, and my book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, and where all books are sold.
0: That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show today and and, uh, sharing your story with us. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you.